We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Greetings, Tarnished. Welcome back to another episode of the Elden Archives. This week's episode is on Imperians. I am AK Spartan. I am joined, as always, by Gatsu. We have a lot to talk about today. This is one of those topics that uh, it, it kind of it spans. It's similar to the first two episodes, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, with the Knight of Black Knives and the shattering of the Elden Ring, where it's it's not as concise as talking about a single character like the last two weeks. But before we really dive into it, uh, let's, you know, Gatsu, how are you doing? Fantastic, as always, man. I uh, can't complain. A little concerned about this weather. It's a little rough out there. Um, I know a lot of us are getting hit by it right now, so we're experiencing kind of the same thing. But uh, other than that, man, I mean, life's been pretty good. How about you? No, yeah, I, I know what you mean with the uh, a lot of places around the U.S. It seems like are having some pretty crazy winter storms right now. But I, I definitely hope everyone's staying safe and navigating that. Uh, a buddy of mine the other day, uh, he's on a at an Air Force base out in the Dakotas, and uh, it was negative two. When he was working on the base, he sent me a snap. I thought that was pretty wild. And that's not even, I saw, Jeez. I saw actually, it was funny. It was, I saw it on tw- uh, Twitter, Diablo, I think it's Diablo, Montana. It was negative 25. And uh, the Di- really? I, I believe the Diablo, like the game Diablo Twitter made a joke. The hell is actually freezing over because the place is called Diablo. Yeah. yeah. but That's funny. But also, I mean, I hope those Everyone's staying safe. Yeah, negative, 20, negative um, 25 is no joke. Yeah, no, that's nothing to mess around with. Yeah, for sure. No, and so today we're talking about Empyreans, and this is definitely a big topic because it, it, it involves one of the characters we've already talked about. Uh, two weeks ago, we talked about Queen America the Eternal, uh, who is uh, one of the Empyreans we know about in the game. The other three in the game that we, or the other two in the game that we encounter or know about are Lunar Princess Rani, uh, one of everybody's favorite characters, and Melania, one of the hardest bosses in the game. And then there's also Mikola, uh, Melania's twin sibling. Um, the both, uh, both of them were Empyreans. And then, uh, we also know that the Glomide Queen, who we don't encounter in game, who is from Merica's age, uh, back when Merica was kind of asserting her claim and, and waging war across the lands between the Glomite Queen is also an Empyrean that we have reference to. And so those are those are the only characters in game that we know to be Empyreans. And so no, thinking about those five characters, sometimes we don't always go to the wiki. Sometimes we do. But I just think on this, it's uh, pretty good to get like a, a jumping off point. And so the the wiki entry on Empyreans describes Empyreans as special beings that are capable of becoming gods of a new age and forging a new order that governs the world. One such way in which they can achieve this is by becoming the vessel of the Elden Ring, which is what Merica did. So essentially, the, at the very basic level of this, an Empyrean is a, a sort of chosen one, you know, a, a sort of exceptional 
you know, character or figure that transcends their peers and can literally usher in a new age. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, I kind of want to pose a question to you. Kind of just came to me. What if what qualifies these people, these five beings, as you know, capable of being Empyreans and chosen by the? Is it their strength? Perhaps like maybe not like physical, but like their battle prowess or, and whatnot. Or is it quite literally like their bloodline that it's a, a type, which that maybe not be so much the case because we also have the Glomide Queen as an Empyrean who we don't know much about. But I just kind of want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, the, the Glomide Queen definitely being the one we know the least about, probably Mikula being next. I, I don't know how much it has to do with um, power or prowess. There are definitely some trends in like who is selected to be an Empyrean. For example, uh, we just from that list alone, other than Mikula, every Empyrean that we are told about is a female character. And Mikula is technically a male character, but we don't meet Mikula in game. And Mikula also is one of the only characters that has a definitive and like known alter ego, Saint Trina, that Saint Trina, Saint Trina is a female character or is described as being female. So there is some weird stuff going on with Mikula and maybe Mikula's gender or abilities or something of that nature. As far as being chosen, the only concrete evidence we have for any of the reasonings behind these selections comes from the remembrance of the rock goddess, uh, the item description, which is so the remembrance of the rock goddess is Melania's boss soul. When you defeat Melania and you get her, her soul her bustle shed some light on uh, how she became an Empyrean because it basically says that Mikola and Melania are both the children of a single god. Now that would be referring to their parents are Merica and Radigan. So that would be another, you know, nod to Merica and Radigan potentially being the same person or the same entity, I should say, but are both the children of a single god. As such, they are both Empyreans, but suffered afflictions from birth. Melania's being the Scarlet Rot, which we all know very well, and uh, Mikola's being his eternal, uh, his curse of eternal youth, which we just really hear about because, again, we haven't met Mikola. So, th- so those two were chosen as Empyreans because they were the children of a single god. That's not true of Ronnie, I don't think, because, I mean, Renala and Radigan are not a single god. They're not the same entity. So I don't, I'm not quite as sure why Ronnie was chosen or how Ronnie was chosen. And we know even less about why Merica and the Glomide Queen were chosen. The only ones we really know definitively why they were chosen are Mikola and Melania. And ironically, it has nothing to do with power or anything. It's simply because they're the children of a single God. Yeah. And I find that interesting because that's so specific to them. I'm almost... I want to know what the other uh, three's qualifications were, if they were anything similar or if they're completely unique to them. I don't think unless we find out in the DLC, I don't I don't know if we'll ever find out. Yeah, and that's uh, a lot of people are thinking that the DLC is going to shed a lot of light on Mikola, which would more than likely shed light on Empyreans and things of that nature. Other than that, really all that we know about the selection itself is that they're all chosen by two fingers, their own two fingers. So that would that would also allow us to, you know, tell that the the greater will is the, you know, the the entity here. The greater will is who's choosing these Empyreans. Like there's 
the 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 greater will is is choosing these empyreans through the two fingers so all of this relates back to the greater will the urn tree things of that nature that's really all we know in terms of the selection we also know a little bit about the the role of an empyrean in the the societal you know in the society of the lands between because we know that empyreans are basically chosen to usher in a new age or have the ability to usher in a new age but also like i said they're all female all seem to be female characters and then along with that the the empyreans ascend to godhood once they marry and consort with or once they marry a lord and that that lord being with a capital l so like that is a title in and of itself and that would be the case with godfrey lord godfrey that would be the case with radigan as king consort and lords always seem to be male characters and so i i think i think when you're when you asked gatsu about um the are empyreans chosen for their strength I, I don't think that's the case. And I think like, like we kind of were just saying, we don't really know why every Empyrean is chosen, but I definitely think lords are chosen for their strength. And I, I think, uh, yeah, for sure. And in part, like I think of the Godfrey boss fight, uh, literally the line, you know, when you're fighting Godfrey, uh, thy strength befits a lord. I mean, he tells you pretty flat out there, like being a lord is about strength. It's about power. It's not about, you know, anything else. Because especially coming from his mouth too, he was the first lord. Yes, and and and, and such a brutal between. warrior, right? So I mean, that it's it's pretty concrete evidence in my eyes. Well, and I just think that's an interesting pairing there too, because the Empyreans are the ones ascending to godhood, but really it seems like the emphasis on strength and power is with the lords, which are kind of. Like they, the, the lords almost seem like the, the, not the sidekicks, but like they're the second, they, they kind of like, cause the, you know, the Empyrean feels like the important piece, I guess is what I'm trying to say. None of this seems to work without Empyreans. The Empyreans are literally the ones that usher in the new age. You know what I kind of compare it to in my mind? And I think this imagery actually works well because of the first lord. And, you, and you, when you fight him, he has a familiar, I sort of speak. The, the lion that's on him. And I think that this relationship between Empyreans and Lords is kind of similar to like a lion pack. How, whereas you would think that maybe, you know, the big, strong male is like the leader, but no, the, the female is kind of doing all the important work. She's the one hunting and, and like kind of sustaining for this pack to survive. Whereas the male is the one doing the, the fighting against other packs or whatever but i think that kind of comparison is pretty apt here yeah i think that's an interesting way to look at it and and we have evidence um, again from item descriptions and whatnot in game of that relationship uh between the lords and the or the consorts i should you know either or and i I just want to say too now from what gatsu and i have found i think it's important to establish that it seems like monarch lord and king consort or consort all mean essentially the same thing. All of those things are referring to the spouse of an Empyrean. Radigan is known as King Consort. He was only King Consort once he became America's America's new lord. 
Godfrey is Lord Godfrey. We actually even, uh, Riker is an example as well. Riker being Praetor Riker. Well, Riker is the Lord of Blasphemy. Well, Riker is the, Riker had a union with the serpent god. That is what created the serpent men. And so Riker actually in his own way became a lord because he is the consort of the serpent god. And so we, we, we see that relationship. And then even more so, I just, I think about the, uh, the remembrance of the, the blood lord. Because again, all this stuff that we're hoping to find out about Mikola, a lot of that also relates to Moog and the state we find Mikola in, in the game. And Moog's remembrance, Moog the, being the blood lord, states that Moog wished to become Mikola's consort, taking the role of monarch. But no matter how much of his bloody bedchamber he tried to share, he received no response from the young Empyrean. So he's trying to become the consort himself. He's trying to raise Mikola to full godhood. And that's also not that that item description feels troublesome also because it implies that you can push or that Moog perhaps maybe thinks that you can push an Empyrean to godhood non-consensually, which I, I think opens up on a whole nother like dark box here. Yeah, that whole part of Mikola and Moog's kind of story there is when I first played that, I mean, I remember I was just like, ah, oh, that's. That makes me sad, you know, because I mean, looking past the weirdness of it, I think it it's also kind of about Moog wanting to be more. Yeah. And I mean, Moog, Moog definitely I mean, Moog is trying to achieve a dynasty of his own and has kind of started his own path down there. But I just think it's interesting when you consider that along with all of the other stuff. I mean, it, it I don't think. We would be able to talk about Empyreans without at least referencing lords because the entire premise and like notion of the title of lord seems to have been created to go along with Empyreans. And it's all in the design of the greater will. So I think, you know, from something that I think of is, uh, is it, it's clear that it's not really the Empyreans choice here. To be choosing their consort, right? Um, I don't, I don't know. It, it definitely it doesn't feel like it's just up to anybody. You know, I, it, it very much seems like the 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 consort is chosen and the Empyrean is chosen. Uh, I don't really know anything that would point to the contrary. I don't think like Merica and Godfrey or Merica and Radigan would have gotten together in any other ways other than perhaps both being chosen. I think I think that's that's a good point. It's a good question, and it's very um, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Well, because I believe the only other separation from that the Empyrean being chosen and the Lord being chosen is Lunar Princess Ronnie's ending, which is a complete separation from the Greater Will, because she chooses you, the player character. Which I mean, you could maybe say that. The greater will maybe was like, uh, you know, this also random tarnished is going to be a lord someday, but well, but the greater will has nothing to do with that ending. I mean, that that ending is Ronnie severing that. So, so the greater will isn't choosing you to be Ronnie's consort. It's almost, I, I, I always read that as it's almost like Ronnie is making a mockery of what the greater will does. Like she, she's taking you as consort. Is, is, it almost feels like a jest. It's like, oh yeah, I have my consort. I'm ready to ascend. It's like she, 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 she needs you 
to help with her, you know, like defeating Renan and stuff like that. But like you're not becoming her consort in the same way that Radigan became Merica's or Godfrey became Merica's or uh, whoever Ronnie's betrothed would have been her consort or Mogus, what Mogus trying to do with Mikola, which also that brings up a question in my mind, because we don't actually know. We know that Ronnie was chosen to succeed Merica, which means that more than likely her consort would have also been chosen. And it just makes me think back to what we were talking about with the Knight of Black Knives and then a little bit with Queen Merica and things like that. And it kind of feels to me, and, and you can let me know what you think on this, but that Godwin the Golden was probably Ronnie's betrothed or, or, and set to be Ronnie's consort in this scenario, which would be why Godwin was targeted in the Night of Black Knives when Ronnie also eliminated her own flesh, which prevented her from being chosen in this process. Yeah, I mean, that would definitely explain a few things in that event. I, I'm i almost curious because we also, it's very likely that she could just be lying to us, but Ronnie didn't know who was going to die. She said it herself. So, I mean, unless she's just like... I don't, I don't think that means anything. I don't think that, I mean, it's a FromSoft game. I don't think you should take anybody's word at face value. I mean, that's what FromSoft has done for years. I mean... Yeah, no, I mean... That's true. The possibility is definitely very, very uh, strong. Because, I mean, who else would have really been? There's no one else. Because, I mean... Well, I just think, like, if if we're going with the like the, the notion that being a lord yeah. is all about strength, based on what we hear Godfrey say and things like that, I don't think that there would be a strong... I mean, from what we hear about Godwin, he was incredibly powerful. Right, he was fighting powerful. dragons. Like the ancient ones too. Uh, and it, and it on was, top and of it, that, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like the dragons that we you fight as the player character. It was like the dragon, the the the, the dragons that it was like the dragon that yeah. crashed into Landell, like right, or like dragons. similar to like Dragon Lord Pasidius Axe. Sure, right, yeah. I I mean I uh I've always wished just for that reason that um the Witch Dragon Fortisax fight was a little bit more difficult. Because that's supposed to be one of Godwin's, you know, one of the dragons that he became allies with. And I find that I think most people and I myself find that fight pretty easy. It is definitely easier. It's framed in. in, Yeah. From a lore standpoint, you would think that would be a very brutal fight just from the relationship with Godwin. But the spectacle of that fight, I mean, you can just imagine the power that Godwin had if he was allies with, you know, a being like Fortisax. And was doing things like that on the battlefield. I know. I mean, and, you know, the whole idea that he's been inside of Godwin's dreamscape this entire time, just kind of fighting off the rot. It's such an inspiring story of just like pure friendship. Yeah, I, I, it's, there's, there's a lot of tragic stories in FromSoft games, but it's, it's not often that, or I feel like it's a little bit less often where, there is genuine like care and sacrifice. Like I think like a good example, I think of the relationship between uh, Henri and Horace in Dark Souls three, like those two characters truly cared about each other. You can feel, you know, you can feel the weight of that relationship and like what happens throughout that, that quest line. And I kind of, I feel a similar way 
almost as such with what you end up reading about Fortisax and Godwin, because like you said, I mean, you find him, you find Fortisax basically in this other plane of existence or being or whatever you want to call it, doing nothing but trying to fend off the uh, destined or the, uh, the death blight, the curse of the, 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 yeah, the death blight and everything that's spreading into Godwin and take corrupting Godwin and corrupting the land. And he, we don't know how long he's been there. I mean, that could be centuries. That could be centuries that that creature was just there fighting, you know, tooth and nail. It also, it also, um, it reminds me a lot of, I can't believe I didn't think of this sooner, but it reminds me a lot of Sif in Dark Souls 1 and how Sif, like Sif and Artorias were in the abyss and Artorias managed to rescue Sif but then a lot of what Artorius ended up doing, Artorius didn't actually do because you realize that you do it as the player character. But like the just the relationship between Artorius and Sif and the sacrifice there and the bond there, it feels very similar to Godwin and Fortisax. But I just I just with that, I just think, I mean, we one of his best friends is a is a freaking dragon, like a, a boss that's a dragon. I mean, the guy was incredibly character was incredibly powerful. I do think that there's a decent chance or, or probably more than a decent chance. That he was Ronnie's chosen uh, lord, right? Which I think I don't think she would have done the Knight of the Black Knives in malice towards him because I mean he seems like a at least a semi a semi decent uh, person in the lands between, which could be rare. But I think it was more of just like a I don't want to be a part of this I'm sorry kind of thing. I had no other choice. So it goes to show just how much the greater will wasn't in control of these, the relationship between the Empyreans and the the lords. Well, I mean, I, I know I was just saying that it's, it's good to question sometimes what a character is telling you, but Ronnie pretty plainly states at one point that she 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 would not be controlled by that thing that thing being the greater will uh, she, she she yeah well yeah and that and she 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 herself viewed the entire process as a essentially an imprisonment or or being controlled i think that i i i think you're right about the the malicious intent i don't think i don't think that it had anything to do with anything ronnie had against godwin i think i think ronnie and the Black Knife Assassins and the Knight of the Black Knives was going to eliminate whoever the chosen Lord was. Like, like if somehow Ronnie was the chosen Empyrean and Radon, you know, her brother was the, the chosen Lord. I, I think Radon would have died in the Knight of Black Knives. I, I don't think it, I don't think it mattered who it was as long as it was freeing her from the potential of being a servant of the greater will because because that's why she destroyed you know that's why she wanted to do the ritual in the first place like she destroys her empyrean flesh so she cannot be controlled but the other thing that happened hypothetically if we're assuming that godwin was her con or her soon-to-be lord and consort killing the other side of the arrangement does just as much to prevent you from being forced into the arrangement as destroying your own flesh. Like both of those things would lead to the ultimate goal of her not being controlled by the greater will because the consort's dead 
and she has no flat. Like she's not, she she herself is physically not there anymore, so she cannot be controlled. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade Two. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, no, that's a that's a pretty good point. I mean, you're you're bringing up a lot of things that I personally hadn't thought of. Um. So yeah, I I. I, you have convinced me, I think it's safe to say, you know, Godwin is more than likely her to be consort. I think it's possible maybe she didn't know, like you said, you know, possibly that it was him. So when they just sent out the assassins, then, then he died. Because I also, I wonder if it was apparent to the other Empyreans who the new consort was going to be. Well, we don't really know a lot about like the selection yeah, process that's a of big question. a Lord. I just, yeah. Like, because like, like we, from looking at something like, like how we were talking last week about Radigan, um, and the week before with America, the Radigan, Radigan and America's respective source seals and scar seals. Those, those item descriptions both reference being chosen by the gods. So I would, I have always read it as, the Lord and the, like, the Empyrean that is going to be the chosen Empyrean. Cause, cause again, it seems like each generation of Empyreans, there's multiple ones chosen. Like, it's not like one person is chosen to be an Empyrean and that is automatically who ushers in the new age. Because in Ronnie's generation, there were three Empyreans. I mean, there was Ronnie, there was Mikola and Melania, and she ended up being the one that was chosen amongst those three who are already chosen to be Empyreans. But yeah, so I, I would just think that considering that we know multiple Empyreans were chosen by their own two fingers in Ronnie's generation, the we have the item descriptions that reference Ra- both Merica and Radigan. So so I, I think that's important just because Merica and Radigan each represent the Empyrean and consort sides of their dynamic. Like that is the complete pairing of one of these relationships. And both of them are referenced as being chosen by the gods. So I think it's safe to to make the, uh, I guess, educated guess that both the be, both the Lord and the Empyrean spouse are chosen by the greater will by the god gods and that it would be a pretty like i would almost assume it's just like an established thing like like everybody just knows like it's part of the religion or whatever you, you know part of the the society it's like this person was chosen i i i don't think it would be a secret that godwin if if godwin was the prospective lord in ronnie's situation i don't think that would have been a secret i i don't think that would have been something that people did not know Right, so you think it's it was more of like a public knowledge type thing, at least amongst the Empyreans and the other lords. And well, whatnot. and there used to be an abundance of other demigods, like lesser demi. So that's what I mean. I, there was there was a whole culture of demigods that we don't know about that died off. There were other demigods that died in the Night of Black Knives. 
So I would I would assume that it would almost be like a like a symbol of like some type of honorific status, like 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 in a religious sense, like like God, like Godwin or whoever it was being the chosen betrothed for the next Imperian God or the one the Imperian to rise to Godhood in Ronnie, I would think would make him like an elevated figure in society. I don't think that would be a secret. I think that would be something that like everyone would know it and would revere him for it. Yeah. Because that's how it works with, with God, with Godfrey. Like it wasn't like a secret that Godfrey was the Lord. No, it wasn't. It was uh, like they, they more than likely probably had like a whole like city wide kind of party thing in Landell. It was a whole thing. Sure. Why not? Yeah. And, 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 and Godfrey was on the front lines of countless battles. I mean, it's not like it was a secret type, type situation in my opinion. But there's, there's something else I wanted to jump back to because we, we had mentioned that it seems that every Empyrean is a female character or is, is female. And it would seem that that has something to do one that would seem that that is an intentional uh i guess decision by the greater will i i know the greater will is more of like a deity or entity than anything but like uh, that seems like a very intentional action on the part of the greater will because it seems like most of these beings uh it, it has a connection to the, the capability of creating or the ability to create life uh fem- the female characters Obviously, being women, being able to have children makes them capable of creating life. And it even goes further. Like, for example, we know the Glomide Queen uh, from the item description for the uh, Godskin Swaddling Cloth, which uh, we know that the Glomide Queen was responsible for creating life in her own way outside of normal, um, just like parent-child relationships, you know, like we would see in the real, you know, just in normal life and reality. But that that item description uh, reads that the Godskin Swaddling Cloth, which is a talisman you can get in the game, is a sacred cloth of the Godskin Apostles made from the supple made from supple skin sewn together. The Glomide Queen cradles newborn apostles swaddled in this cloth. Soon they will grow to become the death of the gods. So I mean, she's she's caring for newborn Godskin apostles. And I'm, that would pretty much seem to tell us that the Glomide Queen is the mother of the Godskin Apostles. Right. And so I think that kind of explains, well, that explains, at least in my mind, why uh, America was going to war with her. Because, I mean, she's kind of doing this thing outside of what is already the established norm. So they want to squash that. And then also these beings, yeah, yeah. And these beings are also, they're capable of harming them and like potentially killing the gods and demigods of the lands between. So it was definitely a huge threat to America. America, I mean, it's referenced several times that America is the mother of countless demigods. Um, You know, we know several important figures that she's the mother of. And then then there's reference that, you know, she, she was mother of countless other demigods perhaps so like merica was very involved in creating new life you know and mothering you know mothering children bringing life into the world the glomide queen was doing that uh, melania 
I think you could honestly like it. It's like she is bringing life into the world. It's it's very corrupt and like poisonous, like scarlet rot life. But like there there is life being created there. Like Melania is creating new life. It's just not. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. And that's one of the interesting things. Uh, I Melania is the only character that I found in my research, at least, that can ascend to that that ascends to godhood without taking a consort because she ascends in the fight against you. And there's no consort there. And everything else that we've learned about Empyreans has taught us or told us that you can't, uh, the Empyreans ascend to godhood with the consort, you know, involved. So if she has no consort, but she is ascending to godhood, that would make her a special case. And like I said, the second phase of her fight is the goddess of rot. I mean, she's referred to as a goddess. So unless that, you know, is trickery. Yeah, exactly. So unless that is some type of you know, uh, it's like a play, it's some type of trick from FromSoft where, where they're using that to mean something else when we're assuming it means, you know, what we think it means. I think that's pretty clear that she ascended there. So she's a special case there, but it's one of those things where, like, she's bringing life into the world that way. And there's also actually, I, I, I know we didn't actually throw a lot of this in the notes but there is the cut content with Mikola speaks a lot about Mikola and his connection to abundance and anything uh that can create or generate things in abundance i would the, the things in abundance i would kind of associate things growing in abundance or being generated in abundance i would definitely associate with the concept of creating new life yeah i mean Mikola created the halic tree right that's true too. And I well and I just I know that that's cut content and and it's a little iffy to use that cuz like maybe that's going to come in the DLC, maybe that's just scratched from the game. But I just think in this sense it's interesting. And I mean even doubling back to a uh, Rikard becoming a lord and in his union with the serpent god, there's new life created there and there's the serpent men. Yeah. So all of these different occasions of these Empyreans slash lords kind of rising to their own ascension without the greater will is very interesting to me. It raises a lot of questions. Yeah. And, and so like, I, I, I just think there's a very clear connection between or hang on. Cause you would say, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think there's a, I just think there's a very clear connection between and just to think about, I guess, going back to earlier when you had asked at the very beginning of the episode, uh, why are they chosen? I would say that this has a lot to do with it. I would say that it seems like, especially if there was to be confirmation at some point in time of Mikola and his powers of abundance and things of that nature, maybe some clarification on St. Trina. If if this turns out to be something of that nature, I just think that there's a very direct connection between who is chosen to be an Empyrean and the capacity for creating new life. Like, again, we know Melania and Mikola were chosen because they were the child of a single god. But like, in terms of all of the others, I, I just think there's, there's, there's something between both the feminine aspects of, or the, the female, the characters being female characters, and then the uh, capacity for creating new life within the lands between 
I think there's a pretty clear connection there in terms of perhaps why the characters that are chosen as Empyreans are chosen. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with you. Um, so it's almost kind of because my second posing was that it's like their blood. So I think all that we've talked about here is just kind of answering my question from before. It's they were already special to begin with. So that's why the greater will chose them. But it could definitely it could definitely be it's it's yeah, it, it certainly seems like. Yeah, it seems like almost like a chicken and egg situation where it's almost hard to tell how much the greater will choosing these or uh, choosing these individuals as Empyreans elevated them and how much they were already so uniquely gifted. I Because the choosing we don't we don't actually know when in the timeline of events these characters are chosen as Empyreans. So like this, especially considering like Ronnie was assumedly chosen before the night of black knives because she talks about her not wanting to serve the greater will as being a factor in her decision for being a part of the night of black knives. So that puts this, I mean, centuries before what happens in the game where they, they, I mean, these, these entities or these demigods might've been chosen by the greater will and their two fingers, basically at the dawn of time. And I just, I just wonder with that because we know that, each Empyrean or each ascended Empyrean ushers in a new age. Uh, like obviously, there was the age uh, that America came up in, and then there was America's own age, uh, uh, the age of the Erd Tree, which is um, when Ronnie and Mikola and Melania were chosen themselves. And then Ronnie goes on to uh, create her age of stars and try to break free from all of it. And in a way, like it, it kind of seems to come full circle because even though Ronnie is breaking, it, it, it's kind of a it's kind of an ironic thing, in my opinion, because even though Ronnie is subver- is rejecting the greater will and subverting the traditions of the lands between and the power structure and rejected her consort and rejected serving the greater will, she's still kind of doing exactly what the greater will intended because if Empyreans are meant to rise to godhood and usher in a new age, it's exactly what she's doing. Right. With the separation of she doesn't want the gods of this age and this world to be in the same realm. Well, but there's no specification on on like there's there's no indication that the greater will is just gone because of what she does. I mean, we we have no idea like everything that happened before and after what Ronnie does, everything back from the age of the even before America's time, like we don't actually even know what exactly like the lands between itself could be some type of weird dimensional dream scale like we don't we don't know what the lands between even is we just know that you reach it across the fog it's it's some type of mystical magical weird place that we don't have enough actual knowledge about in that sense so like it just it just makes me wonder because with all of that being considered i i i just think it's interesting because because the destiny like i said the destiny of an empyrean is to create a new age. It, it doesn't say that it, it, the destiny of the Empyrean is to serve the greater will forever and to serve the golden order and to be the best, you know, the champion of the golden order. It just says that they're going, they have the power to bring in a new age. And so 
I just like I said, I just think it's ironic because even though she is she rejects the the greater will, she rejects being chosen as an Empyrean, she rejects every part of the process and being controlled, she still ends up doing exactly what the process expects her to do. As an Empyrean, she is expected to usher in a new age. She does exactly that. So I just think it's a little funny in, in a sense because her whole thing seems to be about rebellion and fighting against the, the, the system in place, but she actually ends up fulfilling her role in the system perfectly. It's pretty she's funny not rebelling how that works from anything. Out, yeah. yeah. It doesn't actually seem like when you really think about it, she's rebelling from, from anything, but may, maybe, maybe, maybe it, maybe there's something I'm missing there and it works out for her. A lot of questions posed, uh, something to think about, but I, well, yeah, and, and a lot of questions. I think it's, I think that's why we wanted to start here because, and we're going to wrap, wrap things up. But the next episode is going to be on Mikola. And that's, I will say this, that's going to be a very interesting episode. We're probably going to end up doing two Mikola episodes at some point. There's a chance that we'll do double episodes on a lot of these topics. And why I say that is because we, we, we want to do a Mikola episode based on, what we have now. And I think getting the speculation out there before the DLC would be very fun for us, but also that DLC is going to come out at some point and all of that is going to get proven or disproven. And so I would safely say that this is probably going to be the first Mikola episode. It's not like a one part, two part. The The other episode on Mikola would be a revisit after the DLC, but the first Mikola episode we're going to do is next week. Then we're going to talk about Melania and then we're going to talk about Ronnie. And we'll probably continue learning little bits about what it means to be an Empyrean and things about Empyreans in the Lands Between as we cover those characters, which is part of why we wanted to start this next little uh, four four weeks of episodes with just the general discussion on Empyreans. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think this choice of us kind of choosing this as our jumping off point for this month it's very fitting for the the next coming because you know there's going to be a lot like you said a lot of speculation with this next episode and i think it will be um important for us to do and i'm definitely looking forward to it once the dlc comes out to do another episode once we know more because we're going to find out more about michaela it's only a matter of time so I'm definitely, we, 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 we hope, we yeah. hope, well, I really hope I have like the worst feeling that it's going to be another Londor. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think they would do that don't twice. Don't say that. But it's possible. It is. I've, I've been hurt before. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've been, I've been hurt before. We have. I've been hurt before by From oh. Software. From Software, how could you? You owe us an apology. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but yeah. Yeah, From Software definitely owes us an apology for that one. No, I, I'm I'm kidding. I still enjoyed that Dark Souls three and that DLC. I was just disappointed about not going to Londor. But I I think that's about it for us this week. As always, I'm AK Spartan. He's got to. And where you can find us, we are the show is on Twitter. I'm just gonna keep calling it Twitter. I say that every week. I'm not gonna call it X because I never remember. I remember to say that, but I don't remember to actually just call it X. But we are at on Twitter at the Elden Archives, and then I am on Twitter at Elden Spartan. Gatsu is uh, what is your handle actually? 
I know my handle because it's mine. Um, my handle at I'm at Twitter. Twitter. Oh, no, it's X. But I still say Twitter, too. Uh, my handle is just Gatsu995. Yeah, and we are, so th- that is Gatsu's handle, and we are also, uh, we are both on the Robots Radio Discord, so people can find us there, hit us up there. Uh, the show, we have an email, uh, at gmail.com. You can send in any sort of questions, comments, things that we got wrong, things that, you know, we got right, that you really liked, things that you want us to talk about in the future. Anything of that nature can be sent there. Also, you know, feel free to shoot a DM on Twitter to, to where I had already said. And outside of that, that's pretty much where you can find us. We will be back next week with, like we said, our, our, our episode. We will be back next week with our episode on Mikola. And until then, we will see you all at the foot of the earth tree. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.